my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time VQ&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. Hello friends, my name is Will Moala. I'm the pastor of the Paravista and the Gawler Seventh-day Adventist Churches in South Australia. And I would like to thank you especially for joining us today. This week we tackle a new theme. The cross is not enough. And today my co-host and I were looking at the question, should I or should we celebrate Easter? As you all know that... Um, Coming up in a few days, it's Easter long weekend. And so it's that type of time, uh, time where we look at this, uh, particular topic about Easter. And so that's going to be our brand new theme that we kick off today. The cross is not enough. And especially uh, in today's live program, should we celebrate Easter? And so today, uh, my co-host in the studio with me is none other than Eric Hoare. And Eric, for those who may not know who Eric is, he is a long-time um, member of our Drive Time team. He is a pastor working with the Adelaide Aboriginal Fellowship Ministry in South Australia. So they're doing some wonderful things in regards to our Adelaide Aboriginal uh, ministries here, South Australia. So, Eric, uh, glad to have you in the studio. Yeah, thanks, Pastor Will. It's great to be here. And hello to the listeners tonight. And, uh, yeah, it's great to be back. Excellent. Um, so, Eric, um, we're looking at this topic today Um Talking about Easter and the question we're posing uh, in our show today is: Should I or should we celebrate Easter? And I just want to kick it off by um, um, getting a bit of a listener engagement. So, if you're listening out there, why don't you text us here in the studio zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one? We'd love to hear your thoughts on the matter. Uh, what What do you think out there? Should we celebrate Easter? What do you What's been your experience about Easter? What What do you think? Is it something that we should be celebrating. And so we're going to have our book offer in just a few moments' time. But, um, Eric, before we kind of dive in, how's your week been? Yeah, pretty full on. Um, yeah, it was a busy week, and uh, the weekend was uh, was really great. Went to Clare, where my son lives, and uh, there was a fun run on there. And I've never seen so many people in Clare. Fun run. Uh, that was there, yeah, big fun run. They had uh, a half marathon, which is 22Ks, and then wow. they had a... A 10k one and a five and a you didn't go in one did you or you, you were <laughs> well, watching i picked the distance now i did the little 5k one and uh my um daughter-in-law wendy she actually went into the 22k run as well and my grandson uh, wow she he went into basically the a half marathon yeah it was a half marathon and uh, there were so many people there it was a beautiful day and they had all sorts of awards and actually i got third in the over 70s in the oh you, you actually went in Oh yeah, oh, you did. The, only the five k, five k, five clicker, the five clicker. Yep, that's all I can do. And I got <laughs> third, and I thought, oh well, there mustn't have been many in it. So when I, <laughs> I went and looked at the review board, and uh, there was four in it. So I got second or last, but I got third. <laughs> <laughs> wow! If you, if you don't mind me asking, Eric, how old are you actually? Seventy one. Um, You're seventy one, and you yeah. just participated in a five five k race. That, yeah. That's pretty. And look, it's amazing. Well, I, wow. I did it in thirty two and a half minutes. But the guy who won it, and I saw him, we all lined up together, he did it in 28 minutes, 5Ks. Wow. Uh, in your in my, category, in of the category, four of you. Of the four of us. The, the guy the that first. came first. Yeah. He did it in twenty under 28 minutes, which wow. is amazing, you know. Man, I think he could scorch me. <laughs> was he just as old as you, or was it a cut-off well, age? I was trying to guess his age, you know. But it's interesting because 
in the in the marathon twenty half marathon, the twenty two k one, the top first two women uh, people that won it, they had the best times. Were both women beat all the all the young really? guys and the men. So wow. they did. The women did very well there. Wow, it was a lovely day. Yeah, and that. That was just this weekend. That was uh, uh, Sunday yesterday. Sunday, yeah. wow. Yeah, so yeah. you're still feeling a bit sore from? Well, I'm here at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay because I run during the week, so I was prepared for it. You got to yeah. be prepared. Yeah. And uh, no, it was, and it went. Down, it goes down the Risling Trail. Have you ever been to Clare and go down the Risling no. Trail? Absolutely beautiful. You got to take your family there. You can bike down. It's flat as, and it's beautiful yeah. down there. Yeah. I don't know. Um, there's a lady that goes to the church that I passed there in um, in Gawla. And uh, she lives out there. Mm. Uh, Bridget lives out there, and oh, well. she travels in to to come to church on the weekends. And so, Bridget, if you're listening out there, um, there was a seventy <laughs> something year old fella <laughs> running around your neighbourhood. <laughs> Is it one of those races where they cut off the roads and all that? Yeah, they had yeah. Um, you know stewards there just guiding you, so you didn't lose your way and, and across the main road there, yeah. and ended up at the big oval back at Clare and. Uh, yeah, they and you had medals and all that sort of thing. So, wow! So you know, um, well, well, I mean, good on you, Eric. I mean, you just said you're 71 years old and you're still going for your runs, and yeah, that's that's pretty. That that's really um that's cool to think that that you're still um active and you're still you know running in races at, at your age and. That's great. Well, you got to. You keep- actually look pretty fit too. If you, you know, for those who you can't see Eric in here, but he's, I think he's looking just as fit as me. <laughs> and he, I've Wouldn't got to say <laughs> that. But um, you got to keep moving, don't you? That's the key, and I enjoy it. It clears the mind and gets the yeah. blood moving and all that. But um, no, it was really good. And my little um, grandson, he went in this little um, um, four hundred meter run they had down. They had about oh, yeah. thirty kids, and he he went off. And his dad said, "Just stay slow because it's two laps of the oval." So he started off slow. There were 30 kids. He was back in about 11th place. Anyway, he ended up getting 30, came through the pack. Wow. And so he was Stuck very, to the strategy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he did that. Uh, Sounds like must, you got a family of runners. Um, but very. must take after his mum, not his <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, um, so Eric, we've got an awesome um, topic they're going to yes. unpack, and not just for us today, mm. but the rest of our um, Faith Event Drive Time team are going to be looking at this overarching theme about the cross, the cross is not enough, which is a very um, interesting title for our theme. So, so we're going to switch gears and we're going to go to our uh, World Watch uh, segment. And uh, the article I'd like to uh, share uh, with everyone today is the article uh, from Eternity, um, eternitynews.com.au. And it's an article that was just posted a few days ago um, by a lady by the name of Sophia Walia. Sophia Walia, and the and I, I chose this article, Eric, because it's in in line with with uh, this idea of Easter, the Easter long weekends coming up, and um, you know everyone's um, you know you go to your shopping centres, you go to your Coles and your Woolies, and all the Easter paraphernalia is out in abundance, Easter eggs, Easter bunnies and all that. So this is a bit of a light-hearted article uh, that I'd like to share with our, our listeners today. And so the title of the article is, How Do Your Eggs Stack Up This Easter? And this is an article uh, written by Sophia Walia. And she goes on to write, Your hunt for ethical Easter eggs is just got a whole lot easier, thanks to the annual anti-slavery chocolate scorecard which researches and rates companies according to their positive social and environmental impact on the cocoa industry. The annual chocolate scorecard study surveyed 43 companies that buy more than 90% of the world's cocoa and chocolate products. 
These include Nestle, Ferrero, Hershey, Mars, Wrigley, Starbucks, and some innovative smaller companies. The fourth edition scorecard is coordinated by Be Slavery Free with universities, consultants, and civil society groups engaging in transforming the chocolate industry. It includes 29 retailers that produce their own private label chocolate. The 43 companies were rated on the six most pressing sustainability issues facing the chocolate industry, traceability and transparency, living income policies, child labor, deforestation and climate, agroforestry and agrochemical management. The article goes on to talk about good eggs. You might find this interesting, Eric. It says the Good Egg Awards were given to Original Beans, available online and at specialist chocolate shops, and Tony's Chocolate Only, available at some Coles and Woolies stores. Original Beans was praised for its, quote, regenerative approach to growing and making chocolate, while Tony's Chocolate Only was recognized for, quote, seeking to bring structural change to the entire cocoa sector through collaboration. The Original Beans team works the original beans team works to regenerate what they consume, which means working to preserve cocoa beans and 100% of their environment. Tony's Chocolonely's mission statement is to make all chocolate 100% slave-free. Its website is dedicated to educating its consumers on the unfair distribution of the chocolate supply chain, modern slavery in the industry, and how the company is working to improve the areas in which slavery is the worst in the chocolate industry. This year, Halba, also available through chocolate shops, has joined the growing list of companies, quote, developing their own programs and partnerships to address the issues. So if you're looking for an easy supermarket option, Aldi Chocolate also scored a good egg rating. And then, so that, that was an article that talked about the, the good eggs, basically, Eric. Now, now we get to the other two categories, broken eggs. This year, the number of companies that chose not to participate in the survey and thus were awarded broken eggs grew to five. Now, this is a bit of a name and shame here. <laughs> These include big companies like Friesland, Campina, General Mills, Kruger Group, Mondelez International, and Unilever. Actually, quite, I haven't even heard of those, to be honest. <laughs> so, and then, so you've got good eggs, according to this, um, how they're categorizing them. You had the good eggs, you had the broken eggs, and then you had rotten egg. They got it. They had a rotten egg award. The rotten egg award goes to General Mills and Walmart for their quote lack of public policies and commitment to their cocoa procurement. End of quote. The report noted that the company's lack of transparency, transparency, sorry, in reporting and implementing sustainable policies make it difficult for customers and investors to hold them accountable. However, Stork and Starbucks chose to participate in the survey this year after abstaining the previous year. After Stork received a, quote, rotten award in 2021 and 22 for, quote, lack of transparency and being unreasonable, the company made limited efforts to improve transparency and living income. Starbucks is sitting in the middle of the scorecard with, quote, room for improvement, end of quote, in all categories. Fuzz Kitto of Be Slavery Free the Australian-based charity, which coordinated the chocolate scorecard, holds a very strong belief in the responsibility of the companies that are involved in the process. If they're making progress on increasing the sustainability of their chocolate supply chains, then we and their customers and investors would like to hear about it, says Kiddo. The chocolate scorecard focuses on the production and supply chains that start in West Africa. 
Cota d'Ivore, I think that's pronounced, and Ghana are the two largest cocoa-growing countries, accounting for over 60% of global cocoa production, followed by Ecuador with 7%. Ghana and Cota d'Ivore, excuse me if I'm just totally uh, mispronouncing that, are also the areas where slavery is the worst within the cocoa industry, with 1.56 million children working in illegal circumstances and 30,000 victims of modern slavery. That's that's pretty um, sobering statistic. And it says here, quote, We are often asked what chocolate is the most ethical to eat, so we always set out to name and fame rather than just name and shame. That way consumers get to see what better looks like, says Kiddo. With chocolate companies working each year to take more accountability for their part in one of the most ex- exploitative industries in the world, one can only say, how exciting. End of article. So, and they've got a bit of a graph here at the bottom here, Eric, I'll just show you here. Um, you know, Hershey, a couple of these companies, and based on these criteria, traceability, transparency, living income, child and forced labor, they get a basically, so they basically categorize these chocolate companies. They're either a good egg, a broken egg, or... You don't want to be the Bad rotten egg. egg. Bad egg. Well, I guess it's. Uh, I guess. Um, I guess uh, as I read that article, Eric, it's it's a little bit um, a, a bit of a uh, what tends to be happening in the culture today. You know, you know, this article is written about chocolate and manufacture of chocolate eggs, but even um, just across into you know retail, mm. a lot more and more um, companies are trying to you know, put on a, a face to the consumer that they're doing everything ethically and, you know, there's nothing being done that's dodgy behind the scenes. They're not using, you know, underage kids to, you know, for forced labor and all that stuff. So it's very interesting that, you know, going back to that statistic in the article, which I think was the most sobering part of it all, it said, you know, I was talking about Ghana, um, that, you know, it says here that, um, where it is it here? It says Ghana and Cote d'Ivoire, uh, I've got to get that right somehow. There are also areas where slavery is the worst within the cocoa industry with 1.5 or 1.5 million children working wow. in illegal circumstances and 30,000 victims of modern slavery. And so, you know, we might be walking around getting our Easter eggs this week, not knowing, you know, potentially that, you know, there's, um, there's a bit of forced labor of, from some poor child over in the other part of the world, over in Africa. So, mm, Yeah, well, they reckon that um, <clears throat> it's been estimated that more than 90 million chocolate Easter bunnies will be manufactured each year just for the yeah. East, you know, just for that. And, uh, you know, as soon as Christmas is over, you see all the Easter bunnies and eggs in the stores straight away, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, and, yeah, it is sad, isn't it, to hear where uh, – so you don't even think about it, do you, some of these things that are happening behind the scenes. You wouldn't even and think about it when you buy something yeah. or a product. And it's probably, as you say, in many things that we do, and yet a lot of profits these people are making are soaring through the world. You just look at banks, for instance, they are, their profits are soaring, and yet they close down branches, and you know they, some of them are going to a cashless society now where you, there'll be no money there. So they're doing away with tellers and actually going to the bank, just yeah. using ATM. So it's, it's, it's the way the world's heading, isn't it? Yeah. It's sad. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, it is it is so. Um, so th- there's an article um, to our listeners out there today um, that apparently you could be purchasing a good or a 
broken or a rotten egg according to the standards of this particular article. And so, uh, so there you go for our World Watch article. We're going to um, go to a song, but just before we do, we'd like to introduce our free book offer today. And so our free book offer is the book called uh, Saviour, Four Gospels, One Story, and that is written by Jack J. Blanco. And so in this book, you will take a fresh look at Christ, his ministry and his teaching. It's the story of Jesus, the Messiah, God's beloved Son, God's beloved son with his simple introduction, the story unfolds, but not as you've read it before. And so in light of uh, Easter and uh, this time of the season where people are celebrating or reflecting on the person, the life of Jesus Christ, we'd like to give this to you as a free book offer. So if you're listening today and you'd like to receive this free copy, all you need to do is text the code word here in the studio and the code is SA112. Uh, no spaces in between there. So that's the code is SA112. You need to text that code to 04888 8081. Uh, that's SA112 is the code to 04888-80811. And you will be engaged with our friendly automated bot who will get your details and will get that book out to you as soon as possible. And so we'd love to place that free resource in your hands. So we're going to go to a song now and into a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, BQ&A. I'm not on an ego trip. I'm nothing on my own. Mistakes I've often slipped, just common flesh and bone. With faith and hope, I look to the day when He will call my name. Cause when He was on the cross, I was on His mind. The look of love. On his face, thorns on his head. Blood was on that scarlet robe and stained in crimson red. Though his eyes were on the crowd that day, he looked ahead in time. Cause when he was on the cross, I was on.
That was Gavin Chetilia with When He Was on the Cross. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A uh, with your hosts, Will and Eric, here in the studio today um, on Drive Time BQ&A. If you've just joined us, we are looking at the topic. Our theme for this whole week is The Cross is Not Enough. And today, my co-host Eric and I, we're looking at the question, should I or should we celebrate Easter? And hey, guess what? We'd love to hear your thoughts on the matter. If if you're tuning in, um, wherever you may be across the country, why don't you text us here in the studio? We would love to hear um, where you're tuning in from and uh, what you think about this topic. Should we celebrate Easter? Our, to- our number here in the studio is 04888 Why don't you text us through as Eric and I are having our conversation today? We'd love to hear um, where you're coming from and what you think of our program and particularly um, regards to our question our topic is should we celebrate Easter? So, Eric, should we celebrate Easter? That's the million-dollar question here today in the studio. Yeah, and this is quite a, um interesting topic tonight because um, there's a, a lot of debate one way or the other. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting that the Bible does not mention the observance of Easter. Okay. And so does not so directly address the question of whether Christians should celebrate Easter. Um, it's mentioned, Easter is mentioned once and once only in the Bible, though. Uh, when I was studying this week about it, it's actually only in the King James Version. Most other Bibles translate the word Easter differently. Right. Um, and it's found in Acts chapter 12 and verse 4, and it says there, And when he, King Herod Agrippa, had apprehended him, the apostle Peter, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. So here we find Easter actually man- actually mentioned in the King James Bible. But many commentators say this. They say that the Greek word translated Easter here as Pasha, properly translated everywhere else is the Bible, in the Bible as Passover. Right. Uh, so they think that this has kind of been taken by the way when it was translated uh, to kind of miss the Passover bit on that. Um, and that's the only thing that I could find uh, that talked about um the Easter uh, case. So, so let me just, uh, if I could just pause right there, Eric. So, what you're saying is, when when you look, when you did a word search on the word Easter, it only popped up once. Yes, and that was in the old uh, King James version. That's but correct. many of the modern translations um, interpret, you know, translate the word as uh, Passover rather than the word Easter. And it's interesting too that many people think that. Um, uh, uh, you know, those that go to church on a Sunday, it's an indirect celebration of the resurrection of Christ, of Easter Sunday. That's kind of where it all came from, to actually worship on a Sunday, uh, you know, because Christ rose on the first day of the week, which is the, is the Sunday. But as we know, Sabbath worship and church worship should actually goes all the way back to creation. But a lot of people take that uh, uh, the Easter story and say, "Well, this is where we should have church okay. on that day." Right. But we know 
uh, through study that it actually was given back in creation and throughout the disciples kept it before Christ died. So, so we know that. which leads to the next question, Eric, and I'm, I hope and I'm pretty confident you're going to unpack this. Hmm. When we think of Easter right now, culturally, we think of Easter eggs, Easter bunnies, you know, um, Easter egg hunts. You know, every that seems to be the where what often people think about when they think of Visa is get and you go to Coles, you go to supermarkets, and that seems to be all the merchandise that's been kind of thrown at you uh, during this this season. So, I guess the question is maybe we can be exploring as well is um, does is that in the Bible, and and where did that idea of Easter eggs kind of come into this picture of Jesus? Yeah, we need to look at that, first of all. <clears throat> and um, it's interesting with some uh, things that have come out. Uh, after Halloween, Easter is a top-selling can- uh, candy holiday, like it sells the right. most uh, chocolates <laughs> that you were talking about, after Halloween. Easter always occurs between March 22nd and April 25, so it's a moving uh, time zone, if you like. It's a movable feast, if you like, one that is set according to the phases of the moon. So the dates are different each year. And it is believed by by many that Easter was named after the Anglo-Saxon goddess Estria. Uh, She was the pagan goddess of dawn, and she was also celebrated and honoured around the spring equinox. And when they drew pictures of her, she often carried a woven basket and had eggs in it. Wow. And uh, there were hares and rabbits running around her, representing fertility and new life. So it actually originated from paganism. Right. Yep. And then it uh, it was taken up by the church later on. It's interesting, too, to look at hot cross buns because they have the symbol of the cross yeah. on it. So where do hot cross buns come from? There are many theories of this, but one theory which seems very popular, dates back to the 14th century when an Anglican monk baked the buns at St. Albans Abbey and called them the Alban bun. He then distributed them to the poor on Good Friday and they soon gained popularity around, the, became a symbol of the Easter weekend. And uh, the first recorded reference to hot cross buns was in the poor Robin Almanac in the 1700s it read Good Friday come this month the old woman runs with one or two a penny hot cross buns and then of course we know the rhyme that was put out it was actually recorded in 1798 in London and it uh, sang this way it said hot cross buns hot cross buns one half penny two half penny hot cross buns if you have no daughters give them to your sons one half penny two half penny hot cross buns so this is what was what was written then, but way back in paganism, there are links to it before Christianity talked about it. The pagan Saxons would bake buns marked with a cross at the beginning of spring in honour of, of the goddess we were just talking about, Estria, okay. which would could be very likely be the origin of the name Easter. The cross represented the rebirth of the world after winter and the four quarters of the moon as well as the four seasons and the world of life. So the cross represented the four seasons. Wow. That's, what, that's right. how it started off. And when Christians reportedly saw the crucifixion, they saw the crucifixion on the cross when right. they were, on the bum when they looked at it. And as many with many pre-Christian traditions, they replaced their pagan meaning with a Christian one, the resurrection of Christ at Easter. The crossed hair representing Christ on the cross and even some of the first eggs were coloured red to represent Christ's blood. 
So it's quite interesting uh, how it came. And Queen Elizabeth I banned the sale of hot cross buns and other spice breads until Good Friday, Christmas and funerals because they were believed to have medicinal, even magical properties. And she was fearful of these properties being abused. The English got around this law by baking the buns at home and eventually the law was rescinded uh, due to the popularity of the treat. And then then it moved through to the church and, and then it became that the day with the highest church attendance was Easter Sunday when they took up this, um, this form that started off with paganism and uh, actually bought it in amongst the church. Uh, now some Christians view Easter as having pagan origins and which is so or being so commercially that it's wrong to participate. Others simply view Easter as a celebration of Jesus' resurrection the best and most important celebration of the year. And many believers prefer to call Easter Resurrection Sunday to highlight the celebration of all about Jesus. Uh, So it's interesting that some Christians participate only in the church-related aspects of celebrating Easter, where others include the more social aspects like Easter egg hunts and baskets full of candy. Does the Bible say anything about whether we should you know, celebrate this. Shouldn't we be seen in the shops and, um, um, you know, pictures of a stone being rolled away from the tomb? Right. You know, shouldn't we be seeing that as Christians? Instead, we see Easter eggs and Easter bunnies and all sorts of things like that. So we need to look at the Bible. So, so, and go and look at so we're basically saying that when we think about Easter, should we celebrate Easter? We, I guess the first point that I'm hearing, Eric, is that when you really look at it, it's actually it sprung from um, pagan traditions. You're talking about it was, yes. um, you know, it was a day that was celebrated to the, you know, the goddess of the dawn, Ost, Easter A, or uh, yeah, some right. uh, abbreviation, you know, mm. some um, word variety uh, compared to what we call Easter today. So, uh, and I think that's pretty important for us to note is that when we look at the Easter eggs and everything that we're seeing in our culture today, and everyone's eating Easter egg bunnies and, you know, getting Easter eggs for their kitties and that. That there's actually a, a, a pagan uh, root behind that. Yep. And I think that's probably worth noting that when we really think about the biblical story and we look at the Gospels, we look at the New Testament, mm. there's no mention of anything mm. about Easter eggs, Easter bunnies, and fertility goddesses. That so the only, and thing, I think, in the, the only thing in the Bible that reflects back uh, to the resurrection is actually the ordinance of services and the, right. and the, <clears throat> the breaking of the bread. And the uh, the emblems of the blood, you know, that was said to be kept, but there's nothing there about an Easter. Uh, none of the disciples kept Easter, you know, and we've been told to to remember Christ that way, you know, mm. the ordinances and things, yeah. But we need to look now about how to handle this, and Paul has some very interesting um, our topic on this topic. Um, we need to go, first of all, to Colossians 2.16. Where it right, where it's written there from Paul, it says, Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadows of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. You know, it's, it's pretty understand, hard to understand what Paul's talking about here. He's actually bringing in the Sabbath day. He's talking about, you know, don't let no one judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to any religious festival. So what does it mean there? What is Paul trying to teach us? He's actually referring 
from Leviticus 23, 1-3 and onwards, where it says in Leviticus 23, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and say to them, The feasts of the Lord which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. These are my feasts. And the first thing he mentions in verse 3 is, Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You should on no work on it. It is a Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwelling. So here... It's been pointed out to Moses that this is a Sabbath day. This is, this is something special. This is what you need to keep. And then he moves on from there in Leviticus 23. The Lord reminds Moses to speak to the people of Israel, remind them of the seventh day Sabbath. The rest of the yearly festivals were part of the temporary Israelite ritual system that foreshadowed Christ savings work. And in Leviticus 23, 4, it says, onwards, yearly festivals are listed. They were part of the temporary Israel ritual system that foreshadowed greater realities fulfilled by Christ saving work. The Sabbaths referred to spiritual practices on rest days, not the weekly Sabbath. Right. So some of these festivals and things that were done through the Israelites for rituals were once a year uh, often uh, a Sabbath, a highlight of a Sabbath, or, or different uh, festivals highlighting different things. And Leviticus 23, 6-8 gives an example of that, and it says, On the 15th day of the same month, is the feast of unleavened bread to the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no work on it, but you shall offer an offering made by the Lord uh, by fire to the Lord for seven days. The seventh day shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. So Sabbaths here refer to ritual practices on rest days, not the weekly Sabbaths. And so Paul is saying back here, as he says in 1 Corinthians 10, 23-33, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Eat anything sold in the meat market without raising questions or conscience, for the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If an unbeliever invites you to a meal and you want to go, eat whatever is put before you without raising questions of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice and you do not eat it, both for the sake, for the one who told you and for the sake of conscience, I'm referring to the other person's conscience, not yours. For why is my freedom being judged by another's conscience? If I take part in the meal with thankfulness, why am I denounced? Because of something I thank God for. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the Church of God. Even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I'm not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so they may be saved. So what Paul is driving at here and what's been going through these texts, Paul was writing here specifically about eating food sacrificed to idols. He went on to say that believers could eat whatever was sold in the market was given to them by an unbeliever without raising questions of conscience. The principle is that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So Paul concludes, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. So it's saying here, that even if something has been um, uh, blessed for an idol, if you're away from that place and you're in your home or in a marketplace and you bless it through the blessing of the Lord, then it's okay to eat it, which is right. which is quite interesting when you look at what he's saying here. And it and um, 
And Romans 14 goes into all that, talks about... So the connect, is, the, is the connection there, Eric, is because um, you're breaking down, yep. I guess, um, perhaps a, a often misunderstood text of passage where Paul talks about not judging, I know, mm. you know, one person keeps one day over the other, which unfortunately that text is being used to, you know, to nullify the Sabbath. That's, yes. you know, well, you keep Sabbath, I keep Sunday, which, which is not our conversation today. No. But I think what you're talking about, is it relevant to... Um, I guess to our conversation today is that so let's say a Christian, although they understand the backgrounds of the pagan origins of Easter, mm. in some ways they don't totally isolate themselves from it and, you know, almost like keep a very uh, rigid, uh, hardline attitude that if anyone, let's just say, let's say for argument's sake, Eric, there's something, we've got a family, right? Mm. And uh, one of the, one of the people in that family has a very, Dogmatic view about about Easter hmm. that we shouldn't celebrate it. There shouldn't be anything associated to Easter under this household. And I guess your text, what Paul's saying in this principle is, is there needs to be, I guess, I guess a balance. Yeah. And I guess where I'm coming from is that where you're is that where you're coming that's from saying, in bringing yeah. that passage and out that, from Paul. And that's what Paul is saying. He's yeah. saying that um, if your conscience is clear that. You know that um, yeah. what you're eating and what you're doing is in line with what God is saying to you, and then that's what you do. But you don't judge somebody else if they like buy Easter yeah. eggs. At and and I, I love Christian. that. I love that, Eric, because mm. that principle actually applies to other areas uh, within the Christian faith. You know, mm. we could, me and you, are sitting here in the studio, and we could, you know, rattle off a couple of um, different topics. You know, should should Christians do, you know, A or B or C, and Regarding our particular backgrounds and our experiences, you know, you might say, Eric, I hey, because no, I, I stay well away from that. I don't want anything to do it. And I may be of the mindset, well, I understand the background of that, but you know, and I have my take on it. Mm. So is that kind of like a current day situation? Like Paul was talking about, which was a very real issue in his day, meat offered to idols and everything revolving around that. Yeah, yeah, and there was a lot of division back then where there right. was a lot of bickering and uh, and things like that. But you're right. Uh, those, are, those who are convinced that Easter is a celebration of a pagan goddess or that it somehow honours the idols of a godless society should abstain from Easter observances. That's, that's what they should be doing. But yeah. those who feel free uh, to celebrate Easter – but whose observance of it might cause a problem for another be that believer should not flaunt their freedom, so they shouldn't, you know, go crook yeah. at somebody else. If certain Easter traditions would cause a Christian to compromise biblical truth, then those traditions should be neglected. However, when participation in Easter traditions and Easter celebration give us cause to praise God, to think of the cross, to concentrate on that, um, then yeah, and a chance to spread the gospel through, and that's what our churches should be doing. They should be having services the, of the resurrection and telling others, because I think a lot of people who have the Easter eggs and the bunnies and yeah, things, yeah. they know that this is, um, you know, uh, when it's been said that Christ rose, you know. So, yeah, there's two dividing points, and it can be quite um, strongly opinionated one way or the other. Paul's talking about this, about letting somebody free by their own conscience choose what they want to do in the situation. Yeah. 
Hey, hold on to that thought, Eric, because we gotta, we have to um, go to a break now. We'll be back for the tail end of the program. Uh, loving this conversation. I hope you guys are too out there as you're listening, um, uh, joining us today on Drive Time. Hey, um, we're going to go to a song now, but before we do, we'd like to promote our free book offer once again in our show today. Our free book offer that we're launching today and the rest of the week is the book Savior, Four Gospels, One Story by author Jack J. Blanco. And uh, in this book, uh, Four Gospels, One Story, what Jack does is um, he takes something from each gospel's perspective on Christ and he combines the various stories chronologically to form one beautiful count on the life of Jesus. This is great for perhaps your devotion life or want to use it, get the gift and want to pass to a family or a friend or a neighbor. Hey, this is the book that we'd love to give to you as a re- free resource. So if you'd like a free copy, please text us the code word. Uh, the code is, sorry, not the code word, the code SA112 uh, once again, the code is SA112 to 0488808811 and our automated bot will get your details and we'll get that book out to you as soon as possible. Please don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Faith FM, Drive Time, Big Q&A. Well, I I love that old cross where the tears and bells for the world of lost sinners was slain. So I cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. Oh, that old rugged cross, so despised by the world, has a wondrous attraction for me for the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear it to dark Calvary so I cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown
was on the old cross Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me so I cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies last I lay down will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. You're back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A. We're at the tail end of our program today. It's myself, Will, and my co-host, Eric. We're in the studio today, live here on Drive Time, Big Q&A. If you've just tuned in, we are looking at the question, should we celebrate Easter? And uh, Eric has been doing a fantastic job unpacking this uh, topic in light of Easter weekend just around the corner. But before we do, Eric, I believe there is a lady that has just uh, texted us in the studio, goes by the name of Suzanne, and she says, interesting topic, Thanks for unpacking this. <laughs> so uh, thank you to Suzanne, when we thank you for tuning in today. So, Eric, um, in the remaining minutes we got left, um, so where are we landing with this question to- today? Should we, uh, should I celebrate Easter? Well, Pastor Will, you know, we look at Easter, we don't think as a follower of Christ, we don't think of eggs, yeah. bunnies, chocolate bunnies, or hot cross buns. All those things. We see them all around us. But when I think of Easter, I don't think of those things. Yeah. I think of Christ being resurrected, the wonderful news Amen. after his death. And I think that's where it sits with me. So Beautiful. if somebody gave me an Easter egg, I would not refuse it. I would take it. A symbol of life to me. Because to me, it represents, you know, that sort of is the way I feel, you know. Um, and it's interesting that uh, no matter how we personally observe or don't observe Easter, it does seem a particularly good time to share the gospel yeah, with others. Yeah, absolutely. You know? yeah. And society at large knows Easter in one way or another. Uh, you know, it's um, it, we can use that awareness as an opening to explain who Jesus is, the importance of his death, and the good news of his resurrection. Easter comes in the springtime, and much of the excitement around Easter has to do with the excitement of spring, with its promise of new growth. How amazing to be able to share with others that what is observed on Easter is much more. It's not simply the changing of a season, but a celebration of the way Jesus changed the world. He offers us hope and eternal life. And so that's to me, that's what Easter is. Right. It is a time when I go with my family, and you know, every every day, really, through the year, we should think of Jesus' uh, uh, resurrection, his death and resurrection. It shouldn't just be at Easter time, but it focuses the world on something. Right. Whether they just are caught up in the materialism of the world and just think it's all about chocolates for the kids and themselves, you know, that's what some of them think. But you and I know what the difference is and therefore we treat Easter that way and right. we need to understand how people are thinking and seek the opportunity to uh, to bring them to that knowledge. It's interesting that because it, it was there's some paganism in it, it's interesting that one time when we we're talking about Halloween, somebody says, well, why don't you do away with Easter and, and uh, you know, and Christmas? Well, you wouldn't 
keep Halloween because Halloween is about talking to the dead spirits. That's what that's all about. There's right. nothing Christian in yeah. there. But it, Christmas is very interesting because to me it, it talks to me about the birth of Christ. That's what Christmas to me is all about, not the material stuff. And uh, it's interesting that even Ellen White when she talked about Christmas, uh, she said that in every church, let your smaller offerings be placed upon a Christmas tree in your foyer. So she actually talked about taking a pagan symbol and actually right. putting it into the foyer of a church and hang your offerings on it, dedicate it to the Lord. So here is something that originally was paganism, but right. you can turn it into something beautiful and offer yeah. it to the Lord. So. These kind of things run together, I think. But for those that are caught up in Halloween, that, of course, is so evil. And, and you know, you, you, you wouldn't go near that. So to me, I truly believe that um, the Easter season, we can use it as a cultural moment all around the world to draw everyone to know Jesus. Because it's not about the eggs, the buns or the bunnies. The great news is that Easter is about the hope we have in Jesus Christ. So right. I Amen. would hope to see and around in the suburb I live in and around the shops the pictures of the tomb at the tomb and the and the Jesus being uh, not yeah. there that he is a living god yeah and that to me is great that at this time of the year that we can convey that message because many countries easter is seen as a religious moment and um, they go through the resurrection scenes, the death scenes and the resurrection scene, you know, right round the world and many churches that happens. And so that is my belief that whether you keep it or not, that we will have the understanding of what the Bible is saying, what Paul is saying, is to have, you know, if somebody thinks yeah. that way, it, it, it's, only a, it's only a festival, it's only a tradition. Yeah. But there are biblical truths that you do not... Um, mixed with and these other festivals were a shadow foretelling of what was to come the biblical truth is here and now that we have the reality of Christ's return because we only got a couple of minutes Eric and I love your response there Um, let's just suppose Eric because um, I know that there's people listening out there um, because out there today in Radio Land um, if there's someone out there Eric and up until now their, their idea of Easter is pretty much what culturally what Aussies think about Easter eggs, Easter bunnies. It's a, it's a long weekend. Maybe people see it more of that aspect. It's a time to get away. They get that extra day off on the Monday. So they don't, um, so, so God and Jesus and the, the cross is not really a focal point of, of this weekend for them. What, what would you say to someone like that that's listening in today who haven't really had, really haven't really thought about that there, there is another message besides the Easter bunnies? The Easter eggs that there is, um, there is a person and and this gospel, this good. What would you say to the audience of those who are listening today that kind of haven't really had a, a good look at this 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 story of Jesus as portrayed in in the Christian faith and in the Gospels? Well, I think a, a lot of people today wouldn't know uh, where the tradition came from, like that it came from paganism and from uh, from what we've talked about tonight. Yep. So they wouldn't know that. So the first thing would be is to knowing that, right. is to actually research it, have a look at that, check it all out, go yep. onto the internet, check it all out, and then check out Jesus. Yeah. You know, check him out as well, because you can't just look at one side of the story and what you're doing. You've actually got to check out the other side, and then 
let him lead and just learn about his life. Look at the, particularly at this time of the year, look at what happened to him and the trial that happened, the illegal trial. Go through it all and look at the historical documents that are uh, recorded as well. And then you can make a judgment on what Easter is all about. So for you and I and for Christians out there, we're focused on Christ yeah. at Easter time. Yeah. All this other stuff is immaterial to us. You can have it. I can do without it. I love chocolate, but I can do without it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but it's, it's focused on him. And he changes your life and he changes what you think inside. He changes inside out. I've always said that he'll, he'll change your mindset from moving from what you once believed to the truth, to what Jesus came to reveal, that we can have freedom outside of what the world offers, that you don't need the materialistic things of this world to be happy, that you find happiness through a wonderful living God. So I would say to them, seek Jesus, check out all the facts tonight, check out what you're doing, and then have a look at the other side of the story and you make a decision on that. Yeah. Mm. Well said, um, Eric. Um, just a couple of minutes that we got. Um, there are the rest of our drive time team. They're going to be unpacking uh, different facets of this uh, topic. So we've been looking at this question of Easter uh, tomorrow. Marty and uh, Gary. They're going to be looking at the question of uh, of Jesus. Did he really exist? And uh, later on in the week, we've got Gary and David again. Um, they'll be looking at the question of did Jesus really rise from the dead, which is what you were talking about initially about the story of Jesus. Um, and then later on in the week, we've got um, Hugh and Fabiano. They'll be looking at, um, do, does the resurrection actually matter? And then um, on this coming Friday, uh, which is Good Friday, we're going to have a pre-recorded message there again. And so I guess I was telling you, uh, you know, in the break, um, Eric, you know, about our title, the theme for the week, The Cross is Not Enough. And, you know, when I, when I was preparing and looking at the title at first glance, um, part of me said, the cross is enough because it's... That's the central meaning of the Christianity. Obviously, the Christian faith is the the death of Jesus Christ. But I think what we're learning more and more as we're going to unpack this week, it wasn't just his death, but it was actually that he rose from the dead. There is, and I remember, as you know very well, Eric. You know, Paul says in First Corinthians, I believe in the fifteenth chapter, that he said, um, "You know, if Jesus didn't raise, then our faith would be in vain; it would be useless." Mm. And uh, so. So I can't wait. Uh, so for you listeners out there, for our, our loyal listeners, please continue to um, tune in um, at 5 o'clock Adelaide time uh, for the rest of this week as our team will unpack um, this theme, The Cross is Not Enough. And so we look forward to having you again. We'll, as can usual, we'll be having our free one, book offers. Can yep, I just go ahead, Eric. quick thing? Just thinking, you know, um, the egg represents life. Yes. You know, new life. Well, eating that's not going to give you new life. Christ is the one that gives us life. And that's the difference between the two aspects of what we looked, looked at tonight. So thank right. you for letting me check. Beautiful. In. Well, hey, Eric, we're going to have to close our program today. I want to just thank all our listeners out there for tuning in today. Faith FM Drive Time, Big Q&A. Uh, we thank you for listening in, tuning in. Don't forget there is, um, you can catch all of our previous episodes on faithfm.com.au uh, and also you can download the Faith FM app as well and you can keep up to date with not just Faith FM Drive Time, but Faith FM has a plethora of programs uh, all across the country uh, right there at your fingertips. So please, why don't you check that out when you've got a bit of time. So until then, we leave you with the words of Jesus. And he says to us, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, 
neither let it be afraid. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you next time.